South Carolina Senator Tim Scott endorsed Donald Trump, but remember, most Trump supporters only count him as three-fifths of an endorsement. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's, that's a slavery joke. But it was the Democrat Party that gave us three-fifths of a person so they could steal more seats in the House of Representatives. It's a Democrat trick. Last week, a Democrat member of Congress, you know, the fire alarm puller, Jamal Bowman, he he declared last week that I guess white people or something owe him $14 trillion, 14, not $14 billion, $14 trillion, $14 trillion reparations for slavery, which uh, honestly, I think he should sue himself. He should sue the Democrat Party. Democrat Party should be on the hook for that. That's who did it. Republican Party, of course, party of abolishing slavery and, and uh, foundational platform, the creation of the Republican Party. Abraham Lincoln, the first Republican president, of course, the Emancipation Proclamation, and, and uh, then shot in the head by a Democrat and murdered, who was an actor, kind of like Alec Baldwin shooting that lady on the set of a uh, little different, but... But uh, there are similarities, to be sure. Well, happy Monday to you, and welcome back. Welcome back. I have, uh, I have many things to share. Uh, Democrats love burning things. We know that. Lefties, they love burning stuff. They, they riot and they loot. God, they loot, don't they? They just loot. They, they don't have to have any reason for looting anymore. They just go in and steal stuff. And they do it in groups. They do it as individuals. And you go to your CVS or your Walgreens and the you know, the cupboard is bare, old Mother Hubbard. And uh, it's because Democrats stole everything. You know, there's a lot of that kind of... But they love burning stuff, too. They burn police cars. I've seen plenty of burning police cars in the last few years. In Washington, D.C., the Democrats, they rioted and looted and plundered and burned. And they set St. John's Church on fire. And they uh, set the only building in Lafayette Park on fire. Nobody went to jail for that. Not Nobody sentenced to anything for that because the left takes care of their own criminals and rioters. Problem is not our guns, it's your sons. But speaking of them burning stuff, a kind of hilarious story out of Canada, America's hat, America's largest national park, Canada. Canadian man who blamed government for wildfires has now pleaded guilty to starting 14 wildfires himself. Sorry, what? That's right. A left-wing radical who is an environmental extremist, a whack job who made videos of himself being an environmental nutcase, has now pleaded guilty to 14 charges of starting fires in Canada. You know, the wildfires that smoked up Chicago and New York City and Washington, D.C. We were choking on smoke from Canadian wildfires. When will we, will we do something about Canada? And I, it turns out this Canadian man who is a lefty, a lib, Canadian man who touted conspiracy theories claiming forest fires were deliberately set by the government has been convicted of starting 14 fires himself. Pyromaniac Brian Pare, P-A-R-E with an accent grave, 38 years old, pleaded guilty to 13 counts of arson and one count of arson with disregard for human life. That should, in theory, make it more severe. 
as his main motivation. He claimed he was doing tests to find out whether the forest was really dry or not. I guess he got his answer after the 12th or the 13th try, but the 14th one had to had to be lit on fire just to make sure. You want to be certain. Prosecutors said that one of the fires set by Pere uh, caused the evacuation of at least 500 homes in Quebec, you see, in Chiapas, uh, Quebec. And and uh, he's, uh, he's running around setting fires. We know a whole bunch of them in California were arson as well, and they never caught anybody because they probably figured out it's their son. It's the, it's the Democrats going around setting fires all over the place. So the, uh, the Canadian forest fires that smoked up half the world for months on end, I was getting calls from my brothers in Chicago. They're choking on the phone. Uh, can you see, you see what's going on in Chicago? And, of course, the media wasn't covering it because they're New York-based. But when the smoke reached New York City, then it was big news for a little while until the smoke cleared out of New York. But if you're still choking in Minneapolis and Chicago, they didn't care because, you know, they're New Yorkers, and and that's how that goes. So this is kind of an amazing story. This Brian Pear guy um, pleaded guilty, convicted 14 forest fires himself because he's an environmental whack job. And he liked to make videos of himself being an environmental whack job. Just amazing stuff. So one of the first blazes that Paris set, May 31st and June 1st, he set a whole bunch of fires. Prosecutors said the spree started just three days after the Quebec government banned open fires in or around the forest because of increasingly dry conditions. So he went around and he set these fires because he's an environmentalist. And they're giant, huge fires. I mean, again, they smoked up the United States. Washington, D.C. is not on the Canadian border. But uh, the Enviro, uh, you know, these are their Enviro fascists and Enviro lunatics. That's what they do. Now, speaking of our open border, our southern border is wide open, and the Democrats lie about it all the time because that's what they do. They lie and they lie and they lie. And um, there are people pouring across. We've had startling numbers in, in every area. Uh, I mean, again, we're talking eight. The, the estimates are all over the place, but eight and a half million illegals into the country on, under Joe Biden so far. And we just crossed three years of Joe being president day before yesterday, right? Saturday was January 20th, and that is the three-year anniversary of Joe Biden being sworn in as president of the United States. Eight and a half million. So he's got another full year to do as much damage as he possibly can, and that is his goal. And we could have, we could have 12 million illegal aliens enter the United States under Joe Biden's four-year watch because they rang the dinner bell and gave out gift baskets and free hats and bus tickets and plane tickets and, and visa cards and phones. And, and then they turn around and they lie to all of us about it, but every, you know, all the cartels know what's going on. They're making billions off of this. Joe Biden is the best friend of the Mexican cartels. And then, of course, the 100,000 fatal drug overdoses in the United States every year. Pay no attention to that, right? Um, and we've had 
And and again, that number, 12 million, if we reach 12 million in Joe Biden's first four years, that number is uh, equal to the number 12 million migrants, immigrants, legal immigrants came in through Ellis Island while Ellis Island was for 62 or 64 years the gateway to the United States from the Atlantic Ocean. And um, 12 million legal immigrants came in, were tested for medical issues and and uh, checked out for criminal records and things. We vetted them at Ellis Island. We're not doing that at our southern border. And we could have a number equal to generations of Ellis Island being open could spill across our southern border illegally in four years of Joe Biden's administration. Joe Biden's presidency is only his only term as president because he's going to fake an illness and get out of the way so that uh, I think Michelle Obama uh, maybe can step in. So we got that going. Now back to the open border because last year, 24,000 Chinese came in. Last year from our southern border. Last year, 169 people on the terror watch list were nabbed at our southern border. 169 people on the terror watch list. President Trump, 2019, three people on the terror watch list were nabbed at our southern border in 2019. And in 2020, President Trump's last year, first term, there were three people on the terror watch list. Last year, 2023, 169 people on the terror watch list. What could go wrong, honestly? Now, with that said, I want to share with you audio um, of an amazing moment on our southern border. The post-millennial has the story, and the Washington Post does not. Just extraordinary, uh, an amazing moment. Illegal immigrant threatens citizen journalist reporting on border crisis in uh, viral video. So an illegal alien who is from the Middle East, he's uh, he's probably 6'2", lean, beard, uh, glasses, mm, 35 years old, and uh, right? And, um, and he's crossing the border illegally. An illegal immigrant allegedly threatened a citizen journalist on Saturday, day before yesterday, who was reporting on the illegal immigrant crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, telling the videographer, soon you'll know who I am. Ah, ah. It's like that. He's like a Satan-worshipping, blood-drenched ghoul. The incident occurred uh, near the, uh, along the border at, what is it, Sasabe, Arizona. I'm going to go to Sasabe, S-A-S-A-B-E. Sasabe, Arizona. A videographer with First Responders, it's uh, First Responders Media is the name of the organization, First Responders Media, and he's making video, uploaded the video footage of the altercation to X, uh, and uh, this is, listen to this video, because First Responders Media, on their X account, posted the video, and the dude, the American, is just, you know, some guy, he's 30 years old, he's got a black t-shirt on, he's got a lot of tattoos on his arms, and these illegals are sauntering into the United States because the Democrats want to destroy America and secure power f- forever and ever, and this uh, dude, who's got like a little bit of a ponytail, kind of a man bun, uh, ponytail, the good guy here, and he's uh, unshaven and bearded, and he's and he says, "Hey, illegal aliens, uh, where are you guys from?" And and it, and it went like this. By the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very easy. Wow, very easy. The, the entitlement, the entitlement. No, believe me, I'm much better than that. 
the entitlement, guys. Wow. If you were smart enough, you would know who I am. If you were smart enough, you would know who I am. But soon, you will all know who I am. You will find out who I am very soon, he says. Now, a helicopter gunship should be called in to chase this guy across the desert and chew him up with 20-millimeter rounds. Uh, honestly, this is this is uh, just a small slice of our open border, right? And, and this uh, reporter, first responder media, um, first responders, plural, media, just there watching people coming in because our government isn't stopping it. The Texas governor is trying to stop it. And in fact, he was asked about this moment. He was on yesterday, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who's trying to save the country, even though the Democrats are not. And uh, Maria Bartiromo asked Governor Greg Abbott, showed this video yesterday and said, hey, we got this guy, sure sounds like a radical Islamic terrorist, doesn't he? Like a jihadi. Uh, And he's, you know, getting all tough guy with a, you will know who I am soon enough. Um, You know, boom, boom. Honestly, this is why you don't have open borders. Just one more reason that you don't have open borders. We had uh, last week, Thursday, Friday, the MS-13 member that uh, the the mother of the 20-year-old young woman that was raped and murdered by the MS-13 member, illegal alien, who was a known gang member in El Salvador covered with MS-13 tattoos, waved into the country by Joe Biden. The Brazilian that was arrested in New Hampshire who had escaped prison in Brazil after he was convicted of murdering 11 people in a massacre and he was sentenced to 275 years in prison. He escaped. He came to the United States. He's casually working at somebody's house in New Hampshire. No big deal. Because of Joe Biden. So Maria Bartiromo asked Texas Governor Greg Abbott, showed him the video and said, look at this. This is at our border, Governor. What up? I have asserted in court that there is an invasion going on in the United States of America and that videotape typifies why there is such an invasion. That is a threat to the United States of America, what he said, but it's not a a one-off threat. We see things like that happen every single day. Every single day. You got people coming in from all over the world, from all corners of the world. And this guy, you know, looks like a mugshot in blue jeans and he's an illegal alien. And this reporter with First Responders Media, all he said was, hey, where are you from? Where are you from? That's it. That's all he said. And what did the terrorist say in response to, well, that's Greg Abbott. Uh, Greg Abbott uh, with Maria Bartiromo. Um, He sums it up pretty well. It's not what happened uh, under under Bush or uh, under Trump or uh, under Obama. This is something completely different that has never happened before in the history of the country. This is an invasion by people we don't know who they are, where they're coming from, or the danger they may pose. And so it's right for Texas to have taken the steps that we have taken to crack down on the illegal crossings, to declare it an invasion, and use every tool we can to do the job that Biden is not doing, and that's to try to deny illegal entry into our country. And what did the terrorist say again when he was uh, uh, walking into the United States? You're not smart enough to know who I am. Uh, uh, kalaka laka, Muhammad Jihad. Uh, you're not smart enough to know who I am. And, and, then he, and then he says, you'll find out soon enough. That's why we don't have open borders. 
You find out who I am very soon, he says. And Biden is waving him in by the millions. The Democrats are not on our side. That is just a fact. They're not on Team America. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Yeah, crazy Democrats, open borders, terrorists, arsonists, Canada. I don't think they're on our side. Uh, Let's go to the telephones, Michael. Let's go to Sid calling from Los Angeles, California. El Sid, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Hey, hey. Welcome. I'm doing up here. I'm from that uh, upper, uh, the head of of the United States. Anyway, the reason I was calling you, I had a question about why no interest in the hostages. My point is maybe because they're Israeli and mainly Jewish, and maybe this is a form of anti-Semitism. Maybe if they were Muslim or whatever, there would be some concern. But who cares about the Jews and Israelis? Well, it does seem to be the uh, the current wave with the Democrat Party, doesn't it? This virulent, genocidal, from the river to the sea anti-Semitism is all the rage in the Democrat Party these days, isn't it? Yeah, there's just there's a bunch of oppressors. That's all, you know. That's uh, and and everything. Uh, no, no markets. The Queensbury rules for them. It's basically any anything goes with uh, the oppressors. Uh, if you look at the philosophy of Hamas and even Lenin, uh, said the same things that uh, anything's fair in uh, fighting the oppressors. Uh, all true, and that is what the left has done to Israel with Israel. They've uh, shaped it as that, you know, the Israelis are the white people and they're anti-white. We're all going to leave North America, by the way, and I'm taking electricity with us. We're going to the Pacific. Have a good time. Uh, but it's true, Sid. You're on to them. You are smart enough to know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. I, uh, Michael and I were talking about this uh, this individual this morning. He, he doesn't seem like a refugee he, who's fleeting, fleeing difficult times at home. He seems like a, a dangerous terrorist is what I, I don't want to stereotype. Oh, yeah, I think I do, actually. Uh, with this guy, uh, from a satellite photo, you'd say the guy was a terrorist. And then he starts talking. Honestly. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, but uh, that's not news. That's, uh, that's not CBS, CNN, ABC, Washington Post, New York Times. They're not covering that. No late-night jokes about this guy 
I'm guessing. Um, but uh, Democrats, Democrats. This is Democrat-run America. Um, you know, I don't like the be afraid, be very afraid thing, but they're creating dangers that, uh, th- as uh, Michael said this morning, this is actually why you have a border. This guy is why you have a border. This guy is why there's a guest book and there are law enforcement people with firearms at the border. This is why you don't have an open border, a wide open border, because of guys like this guy. You'll know who I am soon enough, and I'll show you. You're too stupid to know who I am, but I'll show you who I am. If you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. How do you know how smart I am? We just met. Guess we should know who you are. As soon as we see you, we should know who you are. I guess we know uh, enough about you now. Uh, and where's the FBI? What if we had an FBI that was, we should have a federal law enforcement agency. We could call it the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They could go after bad guys instead of Catholics and pro-life people. And uh, Just amazing. You're Democrats. Um, all right, let's take one more phone call. We've got a bunch of uh, bunch of stories. We have political stories to get to as well, and President Trump and all that good stuff. Let's uh, let's grab uh, Glenn calling from Frederick, Maryland. Beautiful Frederick, Maryland. Glenn, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Glenn. Yeah, last week, the senile old clown that we have in the White House signed another $5 million debt relief for student loans. After the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional for him to do it, two questions: How is he getting away with it, and why isn't someone doing something about it? Well, that's uh, those are very good questions, and um, yeah, I think it was five billion, five billion dollars right. that, that he pointed up, and now brings it to one hundred and thirty-six billion dollars that Joe Biden has given away in what they call student debt relief. I'm from Chicago. We call that buying votes. That's buying votes. And why would uh, middle-class people in in the Dakotas be paying off student loans for people that went to Harvard and went to the George Washington University, which costs $70,000 a year? Uh, it's because Joe Biden is a kleptocrat. He's, uh, he's a creepy criminal. He's buying the votes of young people. They saw the poll numbers are not what they'd like them to be, so they're going to spread around another $5 billion. Now, oh, it'll pay off loans for 74,000 people. Really, $5 billion, 74,000 people paying off student loans, $136 billion paying off student loans. And, And by the way, Glenn, the Supreme Court said that it was illegal for him to do it that Congress would have to uh, approve the spending, $136 billion, including the $5 billion just the other day. Uh, But they ignore the Supreme Court because they don't believe, just like the Obama administration, they don't believe in branches of government. They don't believe in the balance of power. They don't believe that the Congress has to approve spending. They just go ahead and do it. And, you know, it's not like we have an FBI uh, and it'd have to go to the Supreme Court before there's any justice anywhere. But uh, it's uh, and and Glenn, you asked why isn't anybody doing anything about it? That's a great question. Why aren't the Republicans out there holding press conferences and uh, bringing the entire Republican caucus out into the steps of the Capitol 
and demanding that this be canceled by law enforcement or the Justice Department, they must be stopped. But Republicans are too milquetoast and too uh, disengaged, I guess, to to fight the fights that they have been elected to fight here in Washington. And this is just one more. You know, the border battle is one, and uh, one of the battles that needs to be fought. And the uh, the student loan buy-off is also one that the Republicans should be pounding the table about and bringing to a screeching halt. And Glenn, why, you know, you ask why isn't somebody doing something about it? Only the Republicans would do anything about it. And maybe they, they feel that like they've got too much to deal with or something. But no, you, you need to have hearings on this. You need to have, then the media ignores them because the most corrupt institution in the United States of America is the American news media. But the Republicans on Capitol Hill need to fight these fights, Glenn. And, and honestly, uh, President Trump should be pounding the table about Joe Biden stealing $136 billion to buy votes of people that went to college and willingly took out student loans, took on debt. And then, and, and look, they didn't even go to the White House and say, hey, can you pay off my loans for me? The White House just said, we're going to pay off because, you know, they're in bed with the, the universities and then academia. And uh, those are Democrat Party factories. And the, and the Biden administration wants everybody else to pay off the, the student debt why not pay off their cars? Why not pay off mortgages for people that have been working hard and paying mortgages for 20 years? <clears throat> Home ownership is more important than your student loan debt. And, the, you know, the thing is, Glenn, if, if uh, one Democrat started su- suggesting that, that might be next because they're not free market capitalists. They, they don't believe in free and fair markets in the United States. You know, I played audio... Glenn, last week of Michelle Obama doing an interview for a podcast in England that's about mental illness, appropriately. And um, she said, well, you know, trickle-down economics isn't working. They're still talking 1980s economics. Trickle-down economics isn't working, so we're going to have to force, that's the word that she used, force trickle-down economics and make it mandatory. That means taking money away from the successful and redistributing. That's communism. We have this trickle-down approach, right? That's the basis of a capitalistic economy. No, it's not. But that's not happening. (laughs) It's not trickling. (laughs) The law would, it would require in whatever way. The law. If we're not trickling voluntarily. then we need to be forced to trickle. <laughs> mandatory yeah. trickling down. Yeah. Forced to trickle, mandatory trickling down. She's talking about a kleptocracy. And, you know, as they like to say, they agree with Chairman Mao that all power comes from the barrel of a gun. And that is Michelle Obama, Ivy League Michelle Obama. And she is waiting in the wings, I can assure you. Even though the, the, they're, they're pretending, all the Democrats are pretending, oh, she doesn't want it. Their life is so good. She doesn't want to be president. And uh, where is the story? I think it's Charlie Gasparino, isn't it? Who said that uh, he's talking to Democrats all over the place, and the Democrats are telling him that, that uh, Michelle Obama is waiting in the wings. And while maybe she doesn't want to be president, it's not going to be her choice, but they're saying... Well, if Joe Biden falls ill, if Joe Biden should no longer be able to continue, Charlie Gasparino breaking news, 
And uh, Charlie said, I spoke to several Dem Party insiders last night, and everyone said they still believe the chances of Michelle Obama getting into the race uh, are very low, very low. Joe Biden would have to be facing a health issue, and it would have to agree, he would have to agree to drop out, right? Then she could get into the race. This is what Gasparino is saying in his ex post, right? He's talking to several Dem Party insiders. And, you know, gosh, Michelle isn't getting into the race now and the likelihood very low. Joe Biden would have to be facing a health issue and would have to agree to drop out. Then she would have to want to run, not necessarily, which uh, wouldn't be a cakewalk, Gasparino says. If you're a betting man today, uh, the race is Biden and Donald Trump, right? And if Nikki Haley can get enough, you know, non blah, blah, blah. Uh, but listen, because Gasparino, and he's talking to these Democrats, they're saying, Democrats are saying, well, Joe Biden would have to drop out. It'd have to be for medical reasons or something. And of course, Michael Piercy and I know that Joe Biden already said that when the day comes, he'll fake a medical condition and drop out. When we disagree, it'll be just like, so far, it's been just like when Barack and I did. If, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Yeah, I'll just develop a disease and then I'll have to resign. So Charlie Gasparino should be aware of that soundbite. And Gasparino says, uh, it's all a guessing game, of course. And Michelle hasn't said emphatically no, but that's the word inside the party, Gasparino says, of the Democrat Party. And, you know, uh, Glenn, you're 100% right about the student debt and the Republicans ought to be doing something about it. And the Republicans ought to be uh, kicking Mayorkas out as Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, and they ought to be uh, moving a lot faster with the investigation into the Biden family corruption. It's not all about Hunter Biden. It's all about Joe Biden. And it's always been all about Joe Biden. And the Democrats try to divert attention away. So you're being mean to Hunter Biden and he is a drug addict and we should treat him nicely because he's a drug addict. And and uh, the Russian hookers and the stripper and the baby mama and the crack and the Marion Berry and the everything else... And, and then they tell you, you're being mean by bringing up, uh, it's, it's not about Hunter Biden, it's all about, it's all about Joe Biden. Uh, and the Republicans, Glenn, they need a lot of help, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've just never seen a Supreme Court ruling made and a president just ignore it and get away with it. Completely ignore it. Just completely ignore it and get away with it. I wonder what a Justice Department would do if we had one of those. Exactly. Yep. You're right, Chris. These are all good ideas. Have a Justice Department, an FBI, have government oversight, branches of government with equal powers. These are brilliant ideas, but when they are being choked to death in the cradle, as uh, as they all are now, uh, the FBI, the intelligence community, was abused by the commies led by John Penitentiary Face Brennan with that felonious 51 letter claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop had all the classic earmarks of Russian disinformation. No, it didn't. But your letter that you signed on to has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And they, again, I covered the intelligence community for 10 years in my previous life. And 
what they did, what our own intelligence people did, was an information operation that they ran against the American people, and they corrupted our presidential election because they don't like Trump, right? That's, uh, yep. that's, uh, it's crazy out there. Glenn, you know, we're fighting. We're fighting uh, Thank you, Chris. tooth and nail. We're, uh, we're trying to hang on. We're trying to tell the truth and, and make people aware. And I think yep. a lot of people's eyes are being opened, I hope. And I think. Yeah. You know? Thank you, Chris. You're doing a great job, man. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, buddy. The, um, yeah, the, the craziness. And, you know, I got to tell you this, this, the Democrats are so mad. They're so crazy. The Gateway Pundit has the story about Alex Soros, son of George Soros, tweets out picture of a bullet hole through glass and a hand holding American currency, a total of $47. And... Might that indicate President Trump, number 47, and a bullet hole? Because it's certainly through glass, it's certainly being interpreted that way. And is that Alex Soros threatening the President of the United States? Alex Soros also at uh, Davos, where he is declaring that the only thing that can stop President Trump is to put him in prison. In Davos, Donald Trump is already the president. That's a good thing because Davos, you know, the Davos consensus is always wrong. I believe if the institutions hold when he loses this election, he'll also be the Republican candidate in 2028 and maybe even in 2032 as well. Because, no, I mean, what's the way out for him? I mean, he either winds up in prison or he winds up in power. Either he winds up in prison or he winds up in power. And the left, because they're the left, they're not liberals, they're trying to put the former president in prison on trumped-up charges. And uh, you got the creepy, in fact, the Washington Post today, front page, has a uh, story on uh, the case against President Trump in Georgia, which is being run by this radical leftist, Trump-hating lunatic, Fannie Willis, Fannie T. Willis, and the front page above the fold, Election case in Georgia hurt by claims. It's hurt by claims. Uh, that makes the Washington Post perspective crystal clear. Uh, the the prosecutor, Fannie Willis, and her boyfriend, who she's boinking and paying at the same time, they do a lot of that. Nathan Wade, it's like the Biden family, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like that going on. But um, Republicans have said, well, wait a minute. Fannie Willis hired her boyfriend, who was married at the time, and started paying him. She's paid him more than $650,000 the last two years to be a prosecutor, uh, prosecuting Trump. She's dating him. He uh, had no experience and has no experience prosecuting felonies, which he is now being tasked with doing. And uh, it's crooked as the day is long. The whole thing stinks. And the Washington Post says election case in Georgia hurt by claims. They point out that she hasn't denied the so-called claims that she's paying her boyfriend, who also took a meeting with the White House, at least one meeting with the White House, and meeting at least one with the January 6th committee because the Democrat Party is involved in a vast left-wing conspiracy. And the evidence is that's in the Washington Post. It's not like... Any of this is being contested. The boyfriend, who uh, has no business prosecuting a case like this, but is being paid, she, his girlfriend, literally has to sign off on the checks 
for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the Washington Post is upset that the claims, again, none of which are being denied, may hurt the case because it's all about the lynching. It's not about the facts. That's not the business the Washington Post is in. Amy Gardner and Holly Bailey at the Washington Post typing up this press release that's on the front page of the Washington Post today. There are crooks everywhere, everywhere in our government. And if we only had a legitimate fourth estate to hold their feet to the fire, we'd be having a very, very different discussion. All right, I got politics coming up. President Trump and Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race yesterday. Big fun. And in Chicago, the mayor there is uh, being institutionalized because he's having mental breakdown, uh, because he's a Democrat. And they're all unwell, aren't they? Let's, uh, let's go to the telephones. Let's go to Christian calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Christian, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. I'm kind of latching on to what Glenn said earlier, and, you know, I think it was Andrew Jackson. He got ruled against by the Supreme Court, and he basically said, yeah, they rule against me. Let's see how they enforce it. And the Constitution gives us a means, the Congress, um, two very specific means, impeachment. I know that our milquetoast uh, Republicans won't go that far, but that's absolutely what they should do. You defy the Supreme Court. You get impeached. I don't care if you don't get it done in the Senate, whatever, but you do your job. You do everything you can. And the second thing is, which I always hear about, but I never see it actually happening, but the Congress controls the purse strings. Yep. So cut funding. Cut funding until someone gives you some answers. Something. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%, Christian, and shut down the government. You know, they're, oh, no, a government shut down. Like every three weeks, it's all show business. But shut it down can't give away $136 billion to buy votes. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.